0: Ever since you can remember, you felt something in your chest telling you to move, to love, to speak, to try. Day after day, you pretend you don't hear it calling, or maybe you dismiss it as silliness or worse. But it's there, ready for you, and it will wait for you as long as you need. My name is Johnny G, and I invite you to join me on a journey of awakening as we dare to embrace our light. This is Refractive. Hello hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Refractive. I'm your host Johnny G. Today I have the pleasure of welcoming Lisa Goodpaster. Lisa is an author and the founder of the Stephood Project. This is an organization with a mission of changing how kids experience divorce. Lisa is the first child ever to grow up and prove what happened to her, which was alienation from her mother for over 40 years at the hands of her stepmother. She uses this very painful experience today to shine a light that helps others who are dealing with parental trauma. And today, that's really what we're gonna talk about. And thank you so much, Lisa, for coming onto the show, kind of bearing your soul here uh, in the hopes of helping other people. It's great to have you.
1: Thank you, Johnny, it's a pleasure. And I'm glad there are podcasters like you that are making space for what's a really important topic, our families.
0: It absolutely is. You know, I mean, uh, I heard someone say once that no one gets out of life unscathed. And I have to say, I mean, our parents, our parents, you know, let's, they're doing the best they can. Right. And I look (laughs) at the baggage that I've carried from situations with my father and situations with my mother and, 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 I think about what would happen if I had kids. I know that you're a mom. I don't have kids. And I think about all the things that I might pass on to mm-hmm. my kids without even realizing I'm doing it. All of the unhealthy types of competition and and the snippiness and anger and things that that I can't hide 24 hours a day. I can hide right. from the from the from the server at, at the restaurant, but I can't hide it 24 hours a day. And like what a heavy burden to, to to live with that. And so, I mean, I, I just think it's really mm-hmm. important the way you help people see parents as just humans who've hurt us, mm-hmm. doing the best they can, and we can come out on the other side of it.
1: Yes, 100%.
0: Absolutely. Is it okay if I start us kind of from a, a foundation of maybe just setting uh, or understanding some terms? Would that be all yes. right? Um, So when we talk about parental trauma, what are the types of experiences or situations that would qualify for that term? Because I don't want to use it lightly.
1: Okay, so for parents, it's childhood trauma. And this is what's most important. We have a very significant time when we're babies and we're born, we are indebted to who is taking care of us, right? So childhood trauma affects, the foundation, the beginning parts of our brain. So from zero to 18, anything that overwhelms the mind is considered traumatic. Okay. Wow. Anything that over, yes. Anything that overwhelms the mind. What's even harder for children that are being traumatized is when they are left alone with their trauma. So, for example, like you had mentioned, uh, you know, there's, you know, I call them patterns and behavior. We all have them, <laughs> and we we all learn the way we learn from our, from our family. But when when it's specific, it's our parents are there for protection, and when our parents cannot protect us, so for example, divorce, right? That is a traumatic. That's traumatic. That hit. That wound is there forever doesn't go away doesn't go away until we grow up and we realize how that traumatic experience affects us in our day to day in our mostly in our relationships so that's how they always play out but parental trauma happens when parents are not when i say online they're not present for us they are either in survival mode themselves and don't don't realize it. They um, don't have the skills to know what it's like to have someone say, Hey, you're safe. I've got you. Everything's going to be okay. Instead of back in my day, it's children were meant to be seen and not heard. Yeah. So anything that a child uh, mind is gets overwhelmed. And then what that child does, like I did is we suppress our emotions
0: mm-hmm. and
1: emotions are a big part of life yes. yes they're important and there's a lot of shame that goes around emotions and when parents weren't taught that unless they learned from it they're going to most likely repeat that mm-hmm. and it's you know and it's and the hit is what like now everything's kind of you see you see like a s- slow shift in, in parenting but it's very it's 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 a really unfortunate thing that happens to many kids. I don't think I've met one person that hasn't experienced trauma. Sure. Right. We won't um trauma is it's trauma is something that is preventable, but it's also something that is part of the, the human suffering.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love your definition though, because I, I've never, I mean, I'm not a clinician. I don't I don't study this kind of stuff. I don't know about about, about this kind of stuff. And the idea that anything that overwhelms the mind is a trauma i mean that opens the door for looking differently at 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 so many parts of our existence it's not just being you know physically or sexually abused it's not just it's 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 it can be so many things that leave that that lasting imprint there and i wonder how did that trauma manifest in your life? I know that you have a very powerful story and I wonder if you'd share it with us.
1: Yeah, um, so, you know, the the way it manifested was I think how it manifests for a lot of humans. Uh, when you're young, you don't know. And I think I was seven when, I was about seven and a half when I went to go stay with my dad for a week and it turned into uh, a lot longer. So, I lived with my dad and stepmom between seven and 13. And that's when the alienation, and um, because it's not, it's unnatural to not like your parent. Everyone has to understand this. It's unnatural as a little kid to not want to be with your parent.
0: Okay. Yeah. Why?
1: Because we have a biological need to connect to our parents, right? So, when my parents divorced, I had a very um in my mind I thought I had a very uh safe attachment with my dad because my dad was very emotional and I responded to his emotions. So when when what happened was um my stepmom was is just like maybe some it's not just stepmoms, all parents do this, but my stepmom is not a very healthy person and she was very threatened by my dad's past. It, and it's kind of like Cinderella, but without the prince. <laughs> so everything that she said about my mom was a lie and I believed it
0: uh, and it's it's evil. You're
1: um, supposed to trust
0: her. She's an adult, right? Like you're supposed right. to, be able to believe was, what an adult right. says.
1: Right. And so um, basically my entire uh, foundation of how I saw my own mother was erased and replaced with lies. And, uh, fear, uh, that she took it all the way to when I was in my mom's belly and I was an evil baby and I would kick my mom and my mom, you know, things like, um, I, I, I kill my mom in her, her story. I, I hurt kids. I, I mutilate animals. So I read this, I don't know, maybe I was probably between 11 and 13 and how many times i read it. I don't know, but. What happened was my mom assumed that I just preferred my dad. And she always kind of, and parents always assume that uh, they love that other parent more. No, something horrible was happening. And so my reactions as a child, as
0: a teen were loud. And they- Can I step in and ask, when you say you read this, I don't know how many times, what what were you reading?
1: Oh, I'm sorry, uh, reading uh, the script that my stepmom wrote about me and my mom. That changed my perception, that changed, that erased my foundation. So-
0: She when, like handed you a paper? She was like, like, or was it supposed to be like a fun bedtime story or like how- did oh, that... oh
1: my God, it's really bad. Um, She had it in a place where I would see it and it's in my book, but basically, uh, yeah, it it was uh, a direct hit on my mom, on my dad. Uh, my mom's name in m- my stepmom's book is Eve. My mom's name is Eva. Okay, so a little kid is not gonna. Yeah. Right. So it's very, very. Um, psycholo- a lot of psychologists have read it, and they said, "Jesus, this is a, this is a malignant narc. This is a sociopath. This is bad." Yeah. Um, so the kid. You know, I just read it and I just assumed I believed it. Why wouldn't I, right? Because I wasn't seeing my mom and my dad would be like, go see your mama," And you're like, no, are you kidding me? Wow. And so my mom didn't know. And so my mom being, you know, looking back, both my parents have the same goals, just different methods. My mom's like, you got to clean your room. I'm like, I'm not doing anything you tell me. <laughs> so it, it was really, uh a psychological oh my gosh uh just a nightmare a uh it, it obliterated my mother my uh and when that when this happens uh you don't know who you are or how you're going to be in the world so what i did was i just ignored and i pushed everything down what else was yeah. i supposed to do yeah um and it unfolded you know it unfolds uh, creepy, not creepy. I would say naturally in a way where you start to notice things about yourself, like uh, and and parents don't tell you this. Um, just like you know, I would have trouble. I would have nightmares. I would. Um, I remember early on, I was peeing in my pants. I was just yeah. here, and my stepmom, being the manipulator that she was, is uh would always blame me or it's your parents divorce so i always assumed i was just a child that had a that parents just had a really bad divorce no and that's where it gets tricky it's not the divorce the divorce is one thing but to ha- to have a child hate another parent that's evil that 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 should never happen we need our parents that's how we survive yeah this is why a lot of like you know, broken homes or kids will go into gangs because they are looking to connect. So I like to like always, you know, when I, when I talk about a negative, I always spin it with a positive and that, well, I'm Latina and she couldn't alienate me from my entire family. There's too many of us. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily I had aunts and uncles and cousins that I attached to. It's not the same as losing, a you know, a parent. But this went on for years where it's like you become allergic to your, like I was allergic to my mom. I didn't want to, I couldn't look at her in her eyes. I didn't want to be around her. Wow. Um, all kinds of things, all the most important, significant things that you need your parents for. My stepmom uh, obliterated that. Yeah. And her, the only way she could accept me is if I was a uh, screwed up step evil stepchild.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so, yeah. And apparently uh, there are millions of kids
0: out there that have endured this type of abuse. So what did your healing journey look like? Because I can't (laughs) even imagine, you know, the, the, the process of of slowly realizing that maybe you're seeing the world through a tinted lens or having people who are willing to have that difficult conversation with you about like your perspective doesn't seem clear or I I don't even know. So why don't, I'm just going to stop guessing. Tell us, how did you work through that?
1: Johnny, I was always my entire life. um, There was something internal inside of me that just, I was angry right? I was so angry and I would have disproportionate reactions and throughout my life, different stages. And I was always seeking, and I've seen every type of uh, therapist, Christian counselors to like anyone that would take my insurance, you know, and I would go and talk to them like, I'm feeling this way. And it always went back to the divorce. Oh, okay. And, um, when I, uh, left home. And I think that was one of the biggest things is that I left home. I got pregnant, got married, left home. And I think becoming a mother, I just suppress and I'm kind of grateful right now that I was such a young mom that I was still suppressing things down, but I parented my son on my biggest thing was I'm giving him a good start. I'm he's never going to feel one ounce of this ever. And I remember feeling that even before I was a parent, like at like eight or nine, hanging out with my dad thinking, I am never gonna do this to my kid, but keeping it inside because nobody knows what kids feel internally. They don't, psychologists, everyone wants to like guess, but nobody knows. So I think I um, basically, you know, fast forward and I've been married now for 20 years. I was married for a short time to my son's father. We divorced, but we co-parented, never alienated. He's well-adjusted. He grew up with um, two healthy step-parents, you know? Um, even my husband at the time, he thought, yeah, I mean, your mom and dad, just bad divorce or just bad parents. Well, uh, I had a trigger and I called my dad and I said, dad, I need you to, to bring me something. Like, what are you talking about? I needed, and I referred to it as proof at the time. I need you to bring me my proof. Your proof? Yes. My proof. What are you talking about? Check your wife's nightstand, and he checked it, and the script was there for 27 years, where she slept. She kept that the script that obliterated my mom's right and my right to be loved and nurtured by my mom.
0: And your dad had no idea, like like you said earlier, that he was he like, "Call oh, your no mom," idea. and you were like, "No, he doesn't. He doesn't know what's happening."
1: Mm -mm. he knew that like we you know my dad just had a different my dad's more like a coach my mom was more like a maybe a manager you know they just had different they just had different ways of parenting still this should have never happened this is why I'm a big preacher of co-parent or your kids it's dangerous if you don't kids don't want four parents we just want two. we can barely handle that we love you guys so basically so basically yeah my dad uh okay and and so my dad did he brought it to me and uh I looked you know I remember looking at it and thinking holy moly this isn't good and going to one of my psychologists and they're like I don't know if we can help you what do you mean you don't know if you can help me yeah I'm like 44 years old like what the heck happened to me and um, luckily, um, I found a place called the Hoffman Process. A lot of celebrities go there and they, deal, they help you deal and rediscover your authentic self.
0: Okay. Um, you said the but, Hoffman Process?
1: Mm-hmm, the Hoffman Process was just the beginning of it. And there was a lot of unraveling. Um, like I said, uh, the way that this alienation steals every aspect of your life. And I wasn't just alienated. I was molested, abused, it is pretty horrific, but I survived and I mm-hmm. remember what happened. So my truth is what really set me free, is owning that, okay, all this horrible, unimaginable things could happen, but it didn't happen to my son. He's 29. I, uh, I have a relationship with both of my parents. Everything bad can ha- that happened, everything good happened as well.
0: Yeah.
1: It just took a long time and there was a lot of suffering and it didn't just hurt me. It hurt everybody that loved me. Yeah. And, um, at the end it was really about now it's just like owning and loving my story and my truth. Like, yes, this stuff was horrible. And in a lot of it's embedded when I mean embedded trauma, it can't be undone. Okay. So I know what it's like to be seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. It's sustained trauma. So parts of it is sustained trauma where um, I'll know now, like oh, like I'll have a just uh, disp- like a uncomfortable feeling around my mom, and I'll like check myself, and I'm like, ah, the body remembers everything. There you so mean. when I got that, yep, when I got that script, what goes in the mind stays in the body.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: And so when you have, I guess, the script that was used to obliterate your mind and it, it, it's awful, but it's also mm-hmm. fascinating on how we do survive yes. and, and every human being, we survive trauma the same way. It's a, ne- it's a, un, it's a, um, biological response. It's a normal biological response to a
0: abnormal situation. Okay. So this is what you mean by like, you mean repressing, right? Like that's how we survive. Right. Right.
1: So, right. We, we repress. So one of the ways we repress repress is we deny like, no, that didn't happen. Why? It's like, if you watch body language experts, right. The body doesn't lie. So you can tell when somebody is not sure of themselves because they're more like, Oh, I'm not very sure of myself. But when someone's really sure of themselves, they're like, they even talk with their hands. Like it was don't talk with your hands. I was like, you know, talking with your hands actually means be more truthful because you're not being heard. Mm-hmm. So there's like, so, there's so much education and fascinating things about this. Uh, and at the same time, it's, it's also, it, it can be sad, but I look at it as more as fascinating now because it's like, oh, no wonder why I could never uh, sit still. People to say, oh, you have ADD. No, it was just my nervous system. Cause like, why, how could I stay still? I didn't feel comfortable. I wasn't safe. My body was always telling me you're not safe, but I didn't know that as a kid. So one of the hardest things I had to do was learn how to slow down. Okay. And slowing down in the way that I, uh, like I would overclean. I had to slow down. I was always really fast doing Mm -hmm. things really fast, not taking time to like, you know, you get dressed, just the the simplest of things. Oh, like you're always in a rush.
0: Mm-hmm. So if a listener if a listener has some of this unresolved parental trauma, um, you know, whether it's similar to your experience or whether it's something completely different, how can they start to move forward?
1: So the first thing is awareness. Like,
0: uh, for me, it's like, OK,
1: where is what's going on in your life that you would like to change? Like, how are you showing up? Are you very defensive? Um are you rageful or suspicious or yeah yeah. yes exactly do you um do you find yourself wanting to be isolated instead of being with people uh is it hard for you to trust people um things that a lot of times it's, it's in our relationships like when you get mad right when we get mad at people like anger like anger is so powerful and it's also like you can't get rid of it but how we react in anger will tell you how healthy we are right because okay. you've seen a lot of adults that sometimes they're they don't realize it's, but it's like i swear that that adult that's like 50 yeah is 15 why because i know what it's like to be 15 yeah. and also 50 and feel like you're in puberty and also menopause at the same time
0: look Yes, I have, I have my share of completely irrational anger responses that like, I look back one time I chased a mailman down the street in anger, like, uh, what is the matter with me? Like, what, what? I, I, I listen, we don't have time. Yeah. Like, I'm just telling you, can you imagine I'm literally running down the street full speed after a mailman out of rage, right? Like so, yes, 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 yes it's ridiculous, yes, yes. but it's yes. what it was. All I could do. It was all I yes. could do.
1: Yes, because in that moment, yes, and, and I've done, I've done many. I've never chased a, a mailman. I have chased uh, ex boyfriends, uh, you know, in cars. <laughs> I've done like yes, it's it's like the, the it's it's almost like even when it's coming out of your mouth, a part of your brain is like, what what did you just do? And like I can't stop because it's automatic. when it's in our body it's in our nervous system people have to treat the mind you actually have to treat the body so it's so yeah those are that's a no that's i mean for someone that's watching why is that kid chasing that mailman down but it's like (laughs) what happened it's like no what happened to him that he's chasing that mailman let's let's unravel the, the layers and really it's you know especially with me it's like well yeah, there was a lot of anger. I was shamed. Uh, I didn't get uh, the validation, the closure. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is, that's why it was so important was when I had heard the first time we said, there's nothing wrong with you, you just survive. You've been operating on an older operating system that doesn't serve you. The way you survived as a child, you needed to, you had no choice. Yeah. Yes. But how we survive as an adult doesn't mesh well anymore because right. you know you you can't throw a, you're in a work meeting and you can't throw a, a fit like an eight-year-old it's just not gonna it right. doesn't pan out and a lot of times par, uh, childhood survivors will numb it's mm. one of the big things is because you know you turn 18 and then your parents think they're done that you don't realize what do we do we start numbing they start drinking they start yes and it's like it's a, this is why it's so important because it even gets worse the longer we suppress our emotions this is why we have some i because i got really sick um we get autoimmune disorders rheumatoid mm-hmm. yeah. all of these things that that are happening and, and there's science and, and doctors trump that, that have been coming forward and saying hey the mind and body have to work together and when you're traumatized your mind is disconnected from your body you're kind of disassociated and yeah that's a normal response and people Mm -hmm. think, oh no, it's bad. I'm like, no, your brain's just protecting yourself. It's so it's, everything is done out of survival.
0: Yes. And so this awareness, this awareness uh, is is an important step that you mentioned about, you know, how am I reacting? Where is it out of proportion? What am I feeling in my body? What type of situations bring this up? Okay. So that, that awareness this is, this is a, an important foundational step. How else do we, you know, what else do we need to do? Obviously I would imagine, you know, depending on the severity, maybe we need some professional help. But in addition to that, what are some steps to take if I want to continue down the path of, of healing?
1: Okay, so let me give you a good example. Okay, so I was married uh, for over 21 years and never thought I would get divorced. And I don't think he did either. Um, so, when I was processing all of this pain, um, I would have these reactions towards my ex-husband. Or or even before, I put my husband on a a pedestal. Um, He was a pilot. So, you know, it's like, you can't have a bad day. You're like supreme beam up here. And so when he would have a bad day, I would be like, what's wrong with you? Why do you have a bad day? Like, you're like, everything's like, why would you have a bad day? Like, I don't get it. Instead of being like, what's wrong? Like, what happened? I'm sorry you're having a bad day. That's like way better, right? The reason why I couldn't um, allow him to be human in, in space was because nobody, it was like he was the Band-Aid, right? Relationships are Band-Aids. It's like, oh, wait, my mom and dad, if they weren't there for me, so if you have a bad day, who's going to be there for me?
0: There you go. That's right. I can't afford you. I cannot afford you to have your own stuff because you are fixing my stuff for me. Yes. Yeah. So
1: things like this, and and that wasn't prevalent when we first got married at all. You know, you just, you just, things just start to unravel like that. So what can a person do? Um, th- this is a weird thing to say, but we can say this. But, I'm
0: here for it. I'm here for it.
1: Right. Okay. okay. So a lot of times, uh, trauma survivors will continue to repeat their story over and over and all you're doing is ruminating or thinking and you're kind of reprogramming your brain, your brain. So you get more depressed. This is why a lot of uh, normal psychology doesn't work because you ever sit in a psychologist's office and you talk about the most heart wrenching stuff and they're like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And then you leave and you're like, oh my God, that was even so much harder. Right. Because what we speak is so powerful. So I had to relearn a lot of neuroplasticity, right? I had to relearn how to reprogram my own brain. Um, I also had to understand that you really should only talk to one person when you're healing, when you're in the depths of it, if you really only have one person you talk to about your therapy. Oh, okay. Because otherwise, you know, you're, you're kind of reprogramming all the work that you've already done. Yeah. So there are lots of times in my therapy where I just have to stay quiet. I got to be quiet for like a day or two. And that's hard, right? So Ooh, yeah. these are just, these are just like tricks, Um, things that I didn't know before, but, um, you know, we all have patterns that are positive and negative. It's those negative love patterns that we learn to survive that we kind of put on other people
0: mm-hmm.
1: or we, you know, hurt other people with. How can so, you
0: know? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, no, no. Go ahead. Ask me. Yeah.
0: If you're doing this work, right, if you're putting this effort in, you're getting, you know, help from professionals, you're, you know, being aware of how you show up in, in, in an irrational way in the world, how can you know if you're starting to heal? Like, what are, um, I don't know, what, what do you think is that progress, the evidence of progress that someone would experience?
1: So, like... <clears throat> It's funny. I I say healing is a lifetime sport, right? The more you do it, the better you get at it, you know? So it's um, when you are no longer reactive to the things that used to trigger you before. All right. That would be the number one, um, probably the number one, I would say. Number two, um, when you are able to see things from a broader perspective, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when you can get out of your own mind and that's hard to do because the way the the brain actually is formed it's our subconscious is way bigger than our conscious brain so it's 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 not easy but it is um fascinating once you start doing it it just takes time love for yourself and knowing that uh it's part of being human yeah
0: yeah yeah I wonder if it's been maybe healing for you to help others. like has that helped to reprogram some of this for you?
1: Um, i what's helped is I think what's helped was that my both my parents um owned their mistakes, yeah, mm-hmm. to the point where because like i said it took 40 years you imagine the triggers and the and the family events and all the things that take place right I'm and trying bouncing to, back like, from that yeah, yeah. like hey this like what you know why are you like that why there's Lisa again where she has to act that way and you know we play these like you know oh no it's family and it's so once my um my mom read uh the scripts that was written you know because she said well how many triggers do you have and then she read it um, it was her owning. Oh, my God. It's my mom's grace. And uh, just. I could see how much I was ripped off by by what, what an amazing woman she is. And then my dad, even my dad, it took him a little bit because it was hard for him. But when both parents, especially from divorce that were high conflict, they come together and go, whoa. And when I say this, most parents from divorce, are like, no, no way. I'm like, they need to read the book. <laughs> they need to read what I read because if that made both my parents come together and say, all right, this isn't, this isn't right. And um, my parents are in their seventies now, but I think when parents can own their own mistakes and their own, you know, just their own mistakes, that's massive. That helps. Otherwise it's an open wound still for your child. Yeah. Right. Cause now yeah. my wounds are scars. They serve a purpose, but when it's, an open wound, it still hurts. Yeah.
0: I felt some really powerful emotion coming from you earlier in the episode when you were talking about your son and that he's 29 and he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to go through what you went through and that you're there to make sure that you don't put him through that again. And it was really a powerful moment. And um, I wonder how do you put up those, let's say, training wheels for yourself so that you don't accidentally, and I mean nobody's perfect, right? But so that you don't accidentally recreate some of those wounds.
1: Oh, I I always have to be mindful. Oh, I, there there's days where I'll still cry. You know, some work I'm in is pretty um, it's very traumatic and and it's sad. There's a lot of, you know, it's it's very sad. Um I honestly rely on a higher power. I always have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't look back and not see where along my path there was always. It's almost like the Wizard of Oz. Like there was just somebody there, right there, to like, I got you. Come, come this way. Come this way. Yeah. And so yeah. I think that um, you know, I've I've always had that. Um, it Was is instilled in me from probably my parent, my parents. Obviously, the first seven years were crucial. But um, with regards to my son, uh, I, he was the best thing. I'll never do anything bigger than being his mom. And I am. I think did I screw up? Of course I did. Of course I did. He hasn't pointed out to me yet, but I'm sure I have a little bit. Yeah. But honestly, um, he, I, it's, it's. Sometimes I can't believe that he's my son. He's like that gorgeous, that successful. Like. Yeah. Because even there's times when I don't see myself like that, you know, right, so it's right. very, yeah, it's, it, it takes a long time. It's, it's a, um, it's a journey. It's, it's a journey. And the more um, I, I own my truth and, and speak it because I know that the kids that are trying to be heard aren't because parents want to assume that they're brainwashed and it's not always brainwashed. And it's like, I didn't just stay with my stepmom, my whole life, I had other experiences. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, yeah, it's just being very um, mindful, and I still seek therapy all the time. I'm, um, I have a somatic therapist. Mm-hmm. Somatic therapy work; they work with the body. And I think I went like twenty some years. Once I went to the Hoffman, they said, "Oh, honey, we we hold trauma in our bodies." Nobody told me that the last twenty some years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why doesn't everybody know this?
0: That's right. <laughs>
1: was like uh so kind of like it just I had to accept the fact that okay I'm not fighting anymore this all this horrible stuff happened and it came with the script and yeah I kind of had to bully my parents in the arena and go this is what happened and they're like right beside me like we support you no matter what you're doing because they know this is this is bigger than me it's bigger than what happened to me it's 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 everywhere. our we, our families right now we are leaving in yeah. the number one homes and sing in we have the most single parent homes in the entire world.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And how many of those kids are not are being you know suppressing their emotions and are not seeing their parent or you know not it's it's it sucks
0: for that that's them. right. That's right. Listen, you know, you talked about mindfulness and and as I, as I as I wrap up the episode, you talked about uh, awareness and mindfulness a couple of times and you know, every once in a while when I'm out if you know, I'm at a bar or like I'm out in some social situation and someone says what do you do and I say, "Oh, I'm a coach." You know, and I, you know, I'm a career coach and a spiritual coach and and people say, "Oh, well, you know, what what can you teach me, you know, like, what uh-huh. makes me, you know, like, what's up? Right. And I'm like, listen, it really is so easy. It really is so easy. I can, uh, if, if you're willing to do the work, I can, I can help you in three sentences. Okay. You already know, you already are. Mm-hmm. The answer is in the stillness. Yes. And like, there's no greater life lesson I could ever share with anybody other than these three sentences and that the, the, the healing, I believe the healing from any damage. I believe that the the key to any question or any moment of indecision, I believe everything can be fixed by those three truths. Like that's, that's, that's what What's I believe. That? And I hear this coming from you. I hear you saying, listen, if we just get quiet and pay attention because our bodies are supercomputers they have a program for this they're, they're they have they're they're yes. they're giving you the warning light right yeah all you have correct. to do is quiet and and say oh there's a warning light let's look at the manual
1: yes that's exactly what anxiety is if people go "I have anxiety I'm like, your warning light is on yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just trying to tell you and we're not taught this as little kids because it wasn't taught to our parents and you know, then it, it just trickles down and you know, I don't like labels. I don't, I don't like labels. I think mean, labels kind of just put people in a box. I get why we need them sometimes, but you're absolutely right. Seeing still and knowing too, that um, we all have a calling, we all have a purpose, a, a, a plan. There's, there is something extraordinary inside of everyone. Mm-hmm. and No matter, what you were dealt with is horrific as it is. You don't have to stay there.
0: No, that's right. That's right. Yeah. If listeners want to learn more about you and your services and your amazing story, um, how, where would you direct them?
1: Step, stephoodproject.org.
0: Okay, stephoodproject.org uh-huh.
1: You can find me on Instagram, lisa.goodpastor. Facebook mm-hmm. as well.
0: least a good pastor and, and I have that's t- er, E-R uh-huh. at the end of R. pastor not O R.
1: Right, E R. Yeah. I'm a yeah, I'm a pastor just not not one
0: in, in the church.
1: <laughs> not that I don't go to church. It's just, you know, yeah. it's yeah, just, yeah an inherited name. And
0: yeah. what's your what's the title of your book if someone wants to look that up?
1: So, um this is a great this is this is so funny. So we're working with that title right now, but I think oh. it's going to when parents um don't when parents don't parent.
0: Oh wow! Okay, all right. So yeah. Yes. So we'll tie it to your name. Look up Lisa Goodpast. Oh, yeah. and when that book comes out, like we need to listen. I I I get yes. hairs on the back of my neck when I when I heard your story. So um, I yeah. Know every that some good it, stuff. yeah.
1: Every 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 person that's been mad at their parent that doesn't get the validation is like saying, up you know, <laughs> for the book because it's, yeah. it's like yeah, it's like if it took me forty years, yeah. I I guess it's yeah. So it's. I look at it and like, this is everyone's evidence. (laughs) This is everyone to learn from because it, yeah, it's, and I'm grateful that my parents um, are who they are.
0: Yeah, there you go. I mean, what better note to end an episode on? I'm grateful that my parents are who they are. And uh, boy, that's beautiful. Lisa, thank you so much for making yourself vulnerable, sharing your story, you know, offering some guidance on how other people can heal and, And it's really been a pleasure.
1: Thank you, Johnny, you as well, I appreciate
0: it. Thank you. Everyone, as you go out in the world and you encounter all types of people who are just trying to do their best, always remember to aim your light. Have a great day. You've been listening to Refractive Podcast and this is Johnny G. If you found today's content uplifting, if you think it might make somebody's day better, give it a share on social media, click like, subscribe, All those things help to expand this podcast's availability to new audiences. I'm a speaker, a coach, and a facilitator based out of Washington, D.C., but I travel a lot. If you think I can be of service to you or to your organization, help people get unstuck or move into their authentic power, shoot me an email. My email address is refractivepodcast at gmail.com. Take care. Thanks for listening and aim your light.